Good morning, Spring House. So glad to see your faces. Look at somebody and say, I'm glad you are here. Okay. I see him. And I assume the laughter is because you actually believe what they just told you. (laughs) I read something this morning that said this. It said, God's voice is at a constant volume. And the only time when we can't really hear his voice is when the distractions of our lives are louder than his voice. And we need his voice to permeate our situations. We need his voice to be louder than our own, right? And that's when he changes things. And guys, things can change in an instant, in an instant. This past week, there was some tornadoes that came through. Uh, How many remember that? Anybody remember that? Uh, And we had a, we had the opportunity, you know, we I don't know that we've announced much of this, but we, we have a, Alan, start making your way up here, buddy. I, um, we, one of the things the Lord laid on my heart was that I wanted to have a group here at the church that were a first responders group, first responders, a group of people who, uh, have the availability in their day that when a natural disaster happens, that they could stop what they're doing and go help. And so we, yeah, absolutely. That's part of, uh, it's part of what, uh, and I, you know, I shared my heart with Pastor Allen and he got with, uh, and I really, um, the Thomases were the, uh, uh, it was the genesis of this conversation. Um, and, uh, so we got a little bit of funding together, uh, also with the sacrifices of the Thomases and some people, uh, that are coordinated. And this was kind of the first uh, opportunity since we, we did that. And I wanted Pastor Allen to give a very brief report from this past week. We fed a bunch of people and it was good. Thank you. Uh, if you want it, but, but that's an amazing heartbeat pastor had. And if you're interested in that, please see me because there's more we can do. You see it on the news and you see the pictures, but until you walk the streets and you're broken with compassion, you can't really understand. But we fed over 400 people in two days. But but there were so many more that needed it. One of the things was we went into a community that was multilingual and multi-ethnic. We had Egyptians, we had Hispanics, we had Asians, we had white people, Caucasians. And, and so it's more than just one person. It is the body out there. And when we walked the streets and we gave the food, we realized that we're just humanity. We're just people that need an answer and he's the answer. Whether it's through giving trash bags and rakes and garbage cans or a cup of hot soup or a hot plate of spaghetti, it's being the hands and feet of Christ. And I'm telling you, it's a rich reward. So thank you for being faithful in your tithes and offerings because that enables us to do these things. But if you have capacity, remember the red ball? If you have capacity to serve in any of these opportunities, please connect with me in the next couple of weeks so we can get this Genesis to become more than what it was this weekend. There's so much we can do. Amen. Please see Pastor Allen if that is something that your schedule uh, allows you to be available for. Uh, we have a number of business owners and managers here in the house. And um, if you've got that availability, I think it'd be a good thing to, to, to be a part of. 
Um, in the same way that those tornadoes turned some people's lives upside down, in the same type of instant moment, the Lord can come in and change everything about what's going on in your life. And, uh, and we lean into that truth, do we not, church? We lean into that truth. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, God is good all the time, and uh, all the time He's good. Uh, a couple of things for us this morning. This Wednesday night is a special night here at Springhouse. It is our 36th annual Carols by Candlelight. And uh, we want you to be here with your family this Wednesday night. Uh, and I would encourage you to come early. Uh, we usually have a pretty packed room. And so if you want good seats, uh, come and uh, come a little bit early for, for that. But uh, it's going to be great. I really believe it's going to be great. So it's 7 o'clock this Wednesday. And, you know, for me and my family, you know, when we come to Carol's by Candlelight, it's kind of like, oh, the day is, the day is here. It's coming. Uh, and it certainly is Sunday. Next Sunday is Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve. And, uh, it is Christmas Eve. Uh, we are not going to have a gathering next Sunday. Well, you say, man, that seems kind of odd. You wouldn't have a gathering on Christmas Eve. Well, it's because we have traditionally over the last almost four decades had a Christmas Day service, and we're going to continue with that tradition this year. And we want you to spend Christmas Eve with your family. Uh, and so make plans on Christmas Eve to spend time with your family, and then come and make plans to be with us on Christmas Day from 11 to noon. Now, I know for some of you, Christmas Day can be packed I remember the one year of my 25 some odd years that I've been here, one year I missed Christmas Day and I said I'll never do it again. Uh, Christmas Day, it's, it's something, there's something so sweet about coming into the house of the Lord and worshiping the born Savior. Uh, 11 to 12, if you've got plans, I promise you we will not creep you past 12 o'clock. Sometimes we get down a little early, but 12 o'clock we will stop and we will release you. Come, be a part of that hour, 11 to 12 on that Monday. The following Sunday is actually New Year's Eve. All of these eves happening. Uh, New Year's Eve, we're going to have one gathering that day at 1030. Uh, so make plans to bring in the new year. We're going to start a new series called His Word, and uh, and I'm excited about it. we got a five-week series that we're going to be doing on on that. And uh, man, it's going to be a good way to kick off 2024. Okay. Is that good? Everybody good? Everybody settled? Okay. Are we excited about what God's doing? Yeah. Well, I say this often because I believe that God saves the very best for right right now. Uh, we have a special this morning. It's Advent 4 and then following the special, Pastor Barbie's going to come and speak. Noel, come and see what God has done. The word, we sing it. We sing it and we don't really know, you know, it's Noel. We see it at Christmas time. Literally means, it means come and see that which God has birthed, that this born of God. And the invitation today, the invitation every day in knowing Christ, the invitation is come and see what God has done. And I wonder how many of us accept that invitation and come to see what God has done because that is what he's desired that we do. And so I'm excited today that we would step into this moment together and we would see what God is doing. Are you aware of all of the wonderful things that God is doing in your life all of the time? It's not a coincidence. You are not lucky 
There's a divine destiny in front of each of us. There's a divine calling on each of our lives. And and in our frailty and in our humanity, God still chooses to use us. And I don't know about you, but I'm blown away by that. (laughs) I mean, he could have picked better, I'm sure. But I'm so excited that he chose to use us. Today, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about your humanity. Do we have any humans in the room? (laughs) I want to talk to you about your frailty today. Do we have anybody in the room who has weaknesses? Don't be pointing at other people. They're like, focus your attention right here, please. God has a message for us today, I believe. It's an invitation to come and see what he's done. And it's an invitation to come and be a part of what he's doing. So we're going to begin today by doing what we should be doing every single day. And we are going to get into the word for a moment. So if you'd stand with me and let's read the word together. And Pastor Kevin, if they are not loud enough, we're going to read it again, okay? All 47 verses. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Okay. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. But the angel said to her, Do not be... Some things are worth saying twice, people, okay? That one just needed to be etched a little deeper into your spirit today. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And her. Since I am a virgin, the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Let's say that one more time. For no word from God will ever fail. One more time. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Father God, I thank you so much for your word. It is the only thing that truly changes us. So Father, I pray today as your word goes forth, I pray that our minds would be renewed, that our vision would be sharper, Father, that the areas of discernment in our life that have gone dull, I pray, Father God, that you awaken those places in us today, Father. I pray that our hearts would be awake to be taught of you. And Father, I pray that everything is 
of me would fall, but everything that is of you would stand and produce fruit, consistent with righteousness. And the body of Christ said, Amen. Amen. I love that God fulfills his word. I love the way that he uh, always finishes what he starts. I love that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. If I could give you one verse really that encapsulates where we're going today, it would probably come in the words of uh, King David from 2 Samuel 24, 24. And he was offered a sacrifice that he was going to be given for free to use, to offer to the Lord. And David said, I will not offer to God that which costs me nothing. I will not offer to my God that which costs me nothing. And the challenge I believe in my spirit today, and, and I believe the invitation today is that we would not offer God that which costs us nothing. And this isn't about money. This is about where our hearts are. This is about where the Lord would like to take us so as we delve into today's teaching, I want you to know that I am not just talking to the women in the room. I'm talking to the humans in the room. Um, the scripture, the passage that I read in my word says there's no longer slave or free. There's no longer Jew or Greek. There's no longer male nor female. That when the Lord's word goes forward to us, it's to us. Amen. Amen. So even as I talk about Mary a little bit today, I want you to know that, fathers, I see your parenting. I see your love for your children, and the, and the Lord does too. So I take nothing away from you as we step into this life. Um, fourth, fourth week of Advent, we have talked about joy. We have talked about peace. We have talked about hope. And today we're going to talk about love. <laughs> I just saw some side eyes between some couples. Okay, Lord, you're going to have to give me a few more scriptures. <laughs> I want to talk to you today about a very specific... I get excited thinking about the Lord and the way that he puts things together. Have you ever walked into something and you're like, I don't know how they did this, but whoever put this together thought of every detail. This is perfect. And sometimes you stand back and go, they did such an amazing job. Well... This is how I feel about what the Lord has done here. I get, he blows my mind, the intricacy, the, the minutia of the way that he brought his plan together for us. And sometimes we can take such a, um, a broad global view, which is wonderful. We need to do that, that we forget the tiny little moments, the places where God is ministering the most in and through humanity in and through humanity. So full disclosure, I was, I talked to God out loud. Okay. By myself. <laughs> it's one thing to pray out loud in a room with full of people. It's another thing. I talk to him all the time out loud. It's a conversation. It'd be like James. He's my friend. And I could start mid sentence. You ever had a friend that you could start mid sentence with a conversation that you had six months ago? And they know exactly where you're starting. Well, see, God's like that. You should so take advantage of that. He loves to talk to you. And so I walked into my office and I just went, okay, Lord, we're going to talk about your mom today. Oh, we're going to talk about your mom. And man, this overwhelming 
sense of tenderness. I mean, it just kind of buckled my knees in my office because you know what? We hear all the time about God and Jesus. We hear all the time about Jesus and his father. We know that relationship, but somehow over, you know, in, in, appreciating that relationship, I think sometimes we forget the beauty of this other relationship, you know, and then especially because of the place that Mary holds for so many. And I promise you, I take nothing away from that. I take nothing from that. If anything, I just want to go. She did all of this in human form. Everything that she went through, she didn't do it with superpowers. She didn't do it with this removed anesthetic uh, sense of everything. No, she was pregnant. And all that that entails. <laughs> we got a couple of pregnant mamas in the room. Do you want to testify about right now? <laughs> I know you're like, no, I just want to go home. That would be the best thing. And for these people to leave me alone. That's <laughs> Pregnancy can be fun. But I'm just like, you know what, Lord, we make... We somehow look at Mary and go, you know, she is so separate. And and all of the pictures we see, she looks peaceful. And I'm thinking, that's not a parent. (laughs) That is not how this goes. And uh, so I just want to delve into her life a little bit today because I think if we can grab hold of it, what we might find is that we have the same opportunity in our life to carry this this message of Christ, to, to walk in the peace that he, he gives us. And so, anyway, we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Sometimes I think we need to visualize it. Last week, Pastor Justin, or two weeks ago, Pastor Justin did a great job. He took us from Nazareth to Bethlehem. He took us to the birth of our stable king. And this week, I believe the Lord would have me take us just a little bit further. Let's go from the stable to the sacrifice. Let's see what God has done. And let's see how it played out in the life of, of an ordinary human that, that um, found favor with God. See, sometimes we think favor means one thing and God is revealing to us, no, that's not exactly what favor looks like. Favor carries a weight to it and a responsibility to it. You know, I am blessed and highly favored. Well, bless your heart. (laughs) Bless your heart because more is going to be required of you in that blessing and being highly favored. And Mary would come to know that. What do we know about her? I get tickled. Um, I get tickled thinking about she was 13 or 14 years old. Do we have any 13 or 14 year olds in here? I mean... This is nothing against you. (laughs) I hate things you have disclaimers for. But when I was 13 or 14 years old, I didn't have the understanding or the wherewithal to to make wise decisions and, and be called into some of those things. And so I was listening the other day. Have any of you seen uh, The Birth of the King? It's a concert and it's the most, uh, it's beautiful and it's all, um, the it's online. You should go and look at it. But I've been kind of hung there and it's kind of been on a loop in my office. Within that performance, there is a gentleman who takes about three octaves singing, um, Mary, did you know? 
Mary, did you know? And it is like stunning, beautiful. And I'm in my office and I'm listening to that. And all of a sudden I'm like, no, she didn't. <laughs> no, she had no idea. When she said, be it unto me as thou hast said, what, what did she actually know at that moment? And I wonder how much you actually know when the Lord asks you to do something. You know, we don't because he doesn't want to scare us. <laughs> you know, it's like most of us would be going, I'll get back to you on that one, Lord, you know. But Mary says, be it unto me as you have said. And I'm like, what, what did she actually know in that moment? Well, one thing we do know is that it was the angel Gabriel, not just an angel. This was an archangel, the angel Gabriel. His name, he is known in scriptures as the angel who stands in the presence of God. Let's just stop. That's a mic drop right there. <laughs> the, the angel who stands in the presence of God, his name literally means strength of God. And he's talking to a 14-year-old young woman. And so what she knows is, okay, this is Gabriel. I don't know how much scripture she knew. I don't know how much she had. But we've only seen Gabriel three times in scripture. The first time we see him, he is bringing a word. He's bringing revelation to Daniel about some of the visions that Daniel has had. The second time we see Gabriel in scripture is when he is talking to Zechariah. And he's telling him, you and Elizabeth are going to have a child. And he is going to be a forerunner of Christ. I'm paraphrasing. And you're going to call his name John. Well, Zechariah didn't believe him, and he was struck dumb until the baby was born. And I wonder how much sound would be in this room if every time the Lord asked us to do something and we didn't believe him. I'm just asking. <laughs> it's a simple question. <laughs> but oh, I'm so glad. And then so you've got the third appearance of Gabriel is to this young woman, be it unto me as you have said. And what did he tell her? I mean, he didn't say, oh, girl, <laughs> you are going to go through it. He said, you, the, the child that you're going to carry is going to be called the son of God. And he is going to sit on the throne of his father, David, and he would be of an everlasting kingdom. And that's what she knew. That's what she knew. And, you know, I think presented with that option, I mean, all of us have high hopes for our children when, you know, we're like, well, yeah, I want him to be on a throne. We have no concept. And I'm thinking, how can this young woman at 14 years old say, be it unto me as you have said, Lord, and most 50-year-olds can't utter it. At least not and mean it. We, we mean it right up until the hard times come in. We're like, well, this is not what I signed up for. God, I wonder how many times Mary actually thought that. But the impression in my office was tenderness. We could, we could stand back and just read the story. And unfortunately, that's what we do most of the time. Every Christmas, we set aside time to read the Christmas story. But we're reading the Christmas story instead of engaging the Christmas story. And I feel like what God is calling us to, all of us in our lives, is to lean in a little bit deeper and, and stop being so separate from the truth, what if we add flesh and blood 
to these people that he's telling us about. And we become a part of that story. Because can I tell you something? You are a part of their story. We are of that lineage, the the people of God, the children of God. It all starts back in this story with a 14-year-old saying, be it unto me. As you have said, you know, scripture says, she goes on to write a song. If you you move over a few chapters, she goes to see Elizabeth and Elizabeth is pregnant. And scripture tells us that the baby leaps in Elizabeth's womb when Mary walks in. And then it talks about this song that Mary writes. And at this point, it's called the Magnificat. Just the name makes it seem like she's so not like us, but she was. She was just as flesh and blood as you, Kurt, as you, Tina, as any of us. And uh, she sings, my soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. And it goes on. There's like, I think, seven or eight verses if you want to go and and read it. And And I'm listening to that, and I'm going, God. How could, how could all of that richness and, and that depth be in there? And, and I just keep thinking, you know, Lord, we have that opportunity to walk in deep places with you if we will accept the invitation to come in closer. You know, she says in that, in the Magnificat, she says, all generations will call me blessed. And they do. And they do. Guys, listen, Christian, Catholic, Muslim, Islam, Mormon, they all call her blessed. Even to this day, did you know that Mary is the only woman mentioned by name in the Quran? And they acknowledge her as the mother. They call her the mother of God. The Book of Mormon says she was the mother of the Son of God. All generations still call her blessed. And I understand that. But the blessing, man, the blessing was in her accepting the call of Christ on her life and allowing God to do with that calling what only he could do. One of the things he dropped into my spirit, I'm thinking, God, such obedience in someone so young, you know, I'm without excuse, but such obedience in one so young. And I thought, Lord, how did she do that? And, and, and it was just the beginning of her story. And I felt like the Lord just went, love completes what obedience starts. Sometimes we say yes to God and the road gets hard and and we want to give up and and we want to stop. And and it is only the love of God that comes in, that purpose, that sense that he's drawing us and directing us that allows us to go and finish what he started Some of you are still walking in places of obedience and you're waiting on that love to come in and fill it up. Trust him. That song was perfect. I trust you. I trust you. If you will trust him with that yes, with that thing that that costs you something, understand that he will finish what he started and he will do what only he can do. All generations did call her blessed. Could she have known the cost? No. Could she have known the cost? Guys, none of us know the cost of following Christ. What we know is the privilege of following Christ. 
But just like that passage King David said, I will not offer Christ, uh, God that which costs me nothing, it does cost us. You know, the, the thought that we can just go on with life as it used to be, apply grace here, apply grace here, apply grace here. Eventually, we got to change. Eventually, we got to grow. Eventually, we got to step fully into what God is calling us to do. Could she have known the cost? No, no way. She knew he would be king, and she knew that Gabriel had talked to her. This was the, the coolest thing, but I, I was at Katie's the other day, and she was laying in the floor, and Rowan and Nora are two and three, and like a total balls of energy. And uh, she was laying in the floor and she was, you know how parents, you lay, dads and moms, you lay in the floor, you put the kids on your feet and you toss them, you know, you let them fly. Hopefully you catch them. I don't know. But she was doing that and the kids were having a blast and they were squealing and, and Rowan goes over and he grabs her face and starts kissing her whole face. And, you know, I'm sure she was enjoying it, but her face was wet and uh, you know, he was just, they were laughing so hard and right in the middle of it, right in the middle of it, the Holy Spirit just spoke to my heart and he said, do you think we never experienced any of that? And I was like, what? Do you think that I never experienced that with my mother? Oh my goodness, guys, think about it. Think about it. This was a young woman who was carrying her first child. Her first child. We're scared to death at that point. We don't know what we're going to do with that baby. Anyway, I digress. Um, she felt his first kicks. When he rolled in her little tummy, she felt his first kicks. She held him that first night in her arms. And if she's anything like me, which I believe she was and is, the first night I held Aaron in my arms, it was, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I looked at him and I was like so afraid. God, don't let me mess him up. <laughs> or God, just let me do it right. You know, it's so funny you go from being the most selfish person in the world. Everything is all about you. And then there's a baby and nothing is about you anymore. Nothing. It all shifts and it all changes. And I was thinking about Mary and, and the way she had to love this baby. See, she couldn't just stand back and love him from a distance. She loved him. I could just see her rolling in the floor with him. I could just see her... Jesus, get out of the tree. You know, it's like, get out of the tree. You'll meet a man later in life. He loves trees too. But the way she had to love him, and, and, and how do I know this? Because scripture tells me that Jesus, being the high priest, had to experience humanity in order to be touched by the very feeling of our infirmities. He had to experience the things that we experience, and he couldn't do that if he didn't have a real mom and a real dad. I can see him out in the carpenter shop with his dad and his dad trying to explain things to him. And, and I, I, somehow I'm thinking like Jesus is going, I made the tree. I just... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I amuse myself sometimes. Anyway, but I'm like... Those moments, those human moments that tell us that 
Mary and Joseph engaged in the plan of God for their life no matter the cost. My prayer would be that we would engage in the plan of God for our life no matter the cost, that that wouldn't be what we weigh in giving our yes, but what we would weigh in that is, is he good? Yes, he is good. Is he sovereign? Yes, he is sovereign. Will he make a way? Yes, he will make a way. So God, everything I am, everything I have, I offer to you. See, Mary's story just begins here. Mary's story in delivering the Christ child was just the beginning of her story. It's the thing that she's most known for, but the thing that she did that just blows my mind and that makes me go, God, you are so good, is she lived every single day for 33 years pouring into him. I know this because mamas don't stop and daddies don't stop. Your concern for your children never changes. It doesn't matter if they're 38. It doesn't matter if they're 29. It doesn't matter. Your concern for your children never stops. And so I look at this and I'm like, Lord, what she had to endure with him. Because not only did she experience the joy of being his mom, the cuddles, the snuggles, the plays, the the correction, all of it. Because see, Jesus didn't come into the world quoting scripture. He was a toddler. He was a baby. And she got to, uh, to have those moments with him, the divine privilege of parenting. But she would also experience the, the worst nightmare any parent could ever experience in watching what was happening to her son. I mean, somebody could say something ugly to one of my kids growing up and all mama bear just showed up and I'm like, you you are not going to talk to my child that way, you know? And I just think about her. I know she was so much better than I am, but I think she had to, her heart had to break as she watched what was being done to this son that she loved. It had to be, it just had to be heart-rending, She wasn't numb to it. She had to experience. Her humanity was pivotal to the the cause and purpose of Christ on the planet. And your humanity, your weaknesses, your frailties, the places where you mess up, those are the places where God can show up so big in your life. Don't get caught up on the things you did wrong. Get caught up in what God is doing. Get caught up in what God is doing. You know, I was trying to fathom this cost, the price she paid. And I was thinking about many, many years ago, one of the first funerals I ever went to was a funeral for a little two-and-a-half-year-old boy. And I went in to talk to the mom And I will never forget, I will never forget the look on her face, the devastation that she was in. And I'll never forget her words as she tried to push through, as she was trying to push through as She said, I will never breathe again. I will never breathe again. 
And man, I cannot help but think in this moment, it says that Jesus looked and he saw his mother at the cross. And I'm thinking, how could she not be going, I will never breathe again. Because the one that she raised, the one that she felt, the one that she delivered, the one that she chased, the one that she laughed with, the one that these parents loved and nurtured and took care of was now nailed to a cross between thieves. How could she even have imagined? She could not have imagined what her be it unto me as thou hast said. She could not have begun to fathom what that would mean. But let me tell you something, guys. With that great privilege, there is always a pain attached to it, but it is so worth it. It is so worth it. And how could we, how could we possibly think that Jesus and his mother and those who loved him would go through that kind of pain and yet our lives are supposed to have no sorrow. And when there is sorrow, all of a sudden we're angry at God for it. But let me tell you something. There is a cost to walking uprightly before the Lord, of walking in a surrendered posture to the Lord. But if we will go there, if we will go there, God will birth the most amazing things in our life. See, we love to quote that scripture, you have not because you ask not, and we somehow attribute it to stuff. But let me tell you what stuff is. Stuff is a fullness that only God can bring you. There's a richness of walking with the fullness of the Holy Spirit in your life, and you don't have it because you're not asking him. And so I find myself all the time going, God, I'm a real mess right here, and I don't know what's messed up or what I'm doing, but God, I'm going to need you to feel me right now because what I'm feeling, what I am feeling right now is not very Christ-like. But God, I know that you can change me. God, I know that you can change me. And man, some of you, you've blown it. I've blown it. Some of you had a really, really bad month. Some of you have had a really, really hard time. You got a really hard past. But can I tell you something? There is a bloodline that God wants to draw across your life that goes, let's go from here. Let's move forward from here. There is healing for you in the house. There's healing and an opportunity, an opportunity for you to do as she did and go God, be it unto me, as you have said. You got a million plans. You got a million things you think your life is supposed to be about. But what if he has something different for you? I promise you this, whatever he has is better than what you have. I promise you his plans are better than what you have. And the beautiful thing of it is it is so bathed in the peace of God. If you will just obey him, if you will accept the invitation to see what God has done, fullness and peace will come into your life. I don't even know why I have notes. (laughs) Anybody got some crayons? (laughs) I'm going to need an illustrator. Here's the thing, guys. The thing that you think you are most known for in your life may be nothing 
compared to what you're going to be known for. You know what? You have a divine privilege in front of you, and your story is just beginning. It's just beginning. And I want you to go with me for just a few minutes and see the beginning of Mary's story. There are two things in this that just take my breath away. Number one, I look at Joseph's face and the joy when he sees this child, not his child, but his child. The way that he looks and the way that he treats her and and I will forever be grateful for a man like that for a man like that. And then I'll look at Mary at the end of it. You know, she just kind of glances and and she takes this breath and she's like, and I'll look at it. And for the briefest moment, she's gotta be thinking it's finished. It's finished. But her story had just begun. Her story had just begun. The line in this says, I will hold you in the beginning and you will hold me in the end. And she did. You know, when Jesus was on the cross, he made seven statements. Depending on which gospel you read, it said, they said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. He also looked at the thief on the cross next to him and said, this day you will be with me in paradise. He said, Elia, Elia, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He also said, he said, I thirst. And at one point he said, it is finished. But right in the middle of these seven statements of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you find him looking going. Son, behold your mother. Mother, behold your son. Because it mattered to him that she was cared for. This God that we serve, this Jesus that gave all, he is still taking care of us. He's still doing all of the things that he can, only he can do. And the invitation today is to come and see what God has done. To place your hope and your trust in him. To be brave enough to offer him your yes. And with complete confidence and faith that he will finish what he started. To be able to stand before him and go, God, be it unto me as thou hast said. And then watch God go. Watch him do what he does. I charge you this week as we head into Christmas, let it be about the important things. Don't get caught up in the tinsel and the bows and the money and the everything else. But take just a moment to look up toward the heaven and go, God, be born in me. Be born in me. 
Don't just read the Christmas story. Be a part of it this year. Amen? Amen. If you're going to stand, I would like to offer you a blessing and allow you to carry the peace, the hope, the joy, and the love of God into this final week of Advent. May the God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, continue to reveal to you the minutia, the, the grand and glorious plan, and your part in it. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.